What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Roll for Persuasion, your weekly D&D podcast where I chat with creatives and creators in the tabletop gaming industry about the cool things they are doing. I've got another great, very cool guest with me here today, and we will get to him in just a moment. But first, let's do a little bit of business. I want to give a shout out to my fantastic sponsors, Hero Forge. If you love playing D&D, tabletop, Cthulhu, Vampire, basically any game where you want to see yourself as a character on the table, Hero Forge is where it's at. You can go to HeroForge.com, create your own custom miniature. They're releasing new content literally every week. They call it Treasure Tuesdays. They drop a new feature, new content for you to design characters. They just added new arms options. So if you want like eight arms on your mini, you can do that. You can go to HeroForge.com and make that happen. And now you can actually print in color. So you can design and paint your character on their platform, have it printed in color so you don't have to paint in real life. It comes to your door. You can play with it. It's amazing, and we appreciate them for supporting the show, so support them as well. Go to HeroForge.com. And now I am very excited to welcome this week's guest in. Uh, you know that that I, uh, I'm i a big fan of sports. I enjoy uh, playing sports, watching sports, fantasy sports. Um, if, if it's sports, I'm there for it. So I always enjoy talking with athletes who also enjoy playing tabletop games. And we have one of those awesome people with us here today we've got johnny stanton of the cleveland browns is on the show what's going on man hey thanks for having me on the show absolutely dude i'm, I'm really glad you could make it i always enjoy when i i see people uh tweet about DD on twitter and then i slide into their dms i'm like hey come talk to me about D. yeah and then we finally, do so we're making it happen i finally got a little bit more courage to uh to start tweeting about it a little more yeah it's kind of cool i mean i, I think you're kind of seeing that across many industries uh pro wrestling is, is an mm-hmm. example where i see a lot of pro wrestlers now just um, being fairly open about, uh, uh, the fact that they love to play this game. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. So, so you are, uh, on the, well, currently on the practice squad, but it sounds like potentially going to get to to play on Sunday, at least when we record this. Yeah. Um, you know, not trying to, uh, <laughs> basically there's a good chance that I'm playing this Sunday and we, you know, without putting my cart before the, the horses, I'm, uh, excited that this will be if i do end up playing the sunday it'll be my first opportunity to be able to play at a regular season game if not we'll cut this whole thing out and it'll be like it never happened but we're going to go ahead and speak into existence <laughs> and uh I'll, I'll gladly gladly cheer for you uh the browns are are like probably like my second or third team that i support for some reason i started we'll supporting it. them when johnny manzel got drafted there okay. and that was unfortunate everything <laughs> <laughs> but uh but i still i still enjoy watching them i think it's a cool team so um, we'll definitely, uh, be keeping an eye out for you. So, so you play football obviously in college mm-hmm. and what's I'm curious about as a football fan is that you were a quarterback in college, right? At, uh, Nebraska, a little time in Juco and then at UNLV, you mostly played quarterback. That's exactly right. Um, I uh, grew up in California and got recruited to a few different schools and then ended up choosing on the university of Nebraska Lincoln. Um, they have an awesome, you know, tradition with football obviously. And, um, what ended up happening was I just wasn't going to be able to get the chance to play. So I decided to transfer after two years there, uh, re, uh, you know, try to get recruited again at junior college level and then got recruited to, uh, UNLV in Las Vegas. And that's actually where I kind of fell in love with tabletop gaming. Oh, very awesome. Um, what, what is, what is different? So you play fullback now. Yeah. So, so what, what is the shift like going from quarterback to, to fullback, like, like mentally, I mean, obviously physically it's a, it's a different position to play, yeah, but no, mentally is. what's that like? Um, the, the mentality of it is obviously way different. Um, the crazy thing is that I didn't get 
straight from quarterback to fullback. There were like three steps in between. Um, my senior year at UNLV, I wasn't in line to get the starting job. So I started uh, trying to figure out what else, you know, I didn't want to sit, sit my senior year on the bench. Sure, so yeah. I asked if I could play some special teams. Um, I then uh, was invited to play some linebacker um, by the linebacker coach. Um, and then I got to play quarterback again. And then getting ready for pro day, which is kind of like a tryout kind of to see if any of the teams want to bring you in. Um, they, uh, I ended up working out at quarterback, tight end, long snapper, and linebacker. And Minnesota brought me in for an actual tryout. Um, and they actually, they had me work out a tight end and then signed me as a fullback. So that was my whole process of actually getting to the fullback position. Multi-classing, um, right? That's what we yes, call it. Yes, exactly. Um, for those who don't know sports, it's like a completely different position. Um, right. Fullback rarely has the ball in their hands. And for the most part, they're just trying to hit their head against somebody else. <laughs> um, just trying to give all the glory to the running back who, you know, goes through the hole and runs for a touchdown. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, going from being a quarterback where like a, a big part of your mentality is, is don't get hit. Yeah. Right. To like now your job is to go hit other people. Yeah, yeah, instead of avoiding sure. contact, you're initiating it. But that that's very cool though. I mean, um, you know, having the the mentality of of being willing to shift what you're familiar with um to do whatever is best for the team and also to make the best opportunity for yourself. I I, I think a lot of people would um, you know, struggle with that decision. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, props to you for for making the shift to kind of get to where you want to be. Thanks. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like I, I hope it is a testament to my passion of the game because I really do love football. Um, and I just want to be able to be out there and play the sport and, um, in any way that I can help the team. That's, that's what I want to do. Do you ever, do you ever get the opportunity to do any, you know, kind of gadget play type things, you know, like, like fullback pass opportunities and, and I'm flex some so of the quarterback some point, skills? Um, you know, I'm just trying to get that get out there on the field more than anything else. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not trying to push uh, coach Stefanski for like, Hey, I'm playing this week. So like, you know, let's get that fullback passing. Um, right, right. It'll happen if, uh, if it happens, but I did get a fun opportunity to be able to play scout team quarterback um oh, when cool. we were playing the the Steelers um we had a weird opportunity where Baker wasn't practicing practicing one week and Case was taking all the ones reps and our third string quarterback had just got signed by the Cowboys and they were like we don't have a quarterback for scout team we'll just have one of the coaches throw the ball and I'm like yeah I can do it right. <laughs> I can do this um so I got to uh I got to throw a couple passes and that was a lot of fun that's cool we'll, we'll move on from football for a second but uh, I am a huge Case Keenum fan yeah uh, I'm from Houston he's obviously a you know a University of Houston guy and played with the Texans for a long time so um, another reason I enjoy watching the Browns uh, just because he's dude. over there and he's, he's good people yeah. so cool dude well you mentioned that in Vegas was kind of where you started playing tabletop gaming so what, mm-hmm. what was that What was kind of your first introduction to a to our ridiculous world of wizards and magic yeah I originally started as a comic book fan I feel like that's everybody um, was comic book for years and then um more in the last couple of years i kind of transferred that to, to D. but this was kind of in the time where it still overlapped um the uh there i had a, a comic book shop that i always went to every wednesday um and there was a group on youtube that i follow they did like daily vlogs and stuff um mm-hmm. called node um oh they, yeah 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 node's That's awesome really oh, yeah Fre- freddie's involved yeah um, with the corridor, corridor digital and all that. So yeah. I follow them, they play D and I'm like, Oh, this is like really cool. This is not what I expected it to be. Like they're having a lot of fun doing it. And I'm like, I, I feel like I could do that, but literally yeah. I know nobody who, who does it. So, um, I kind of took the leap of faith that a lot of people take when they get into tabletop gaming and asked the, um, the people who work over at the comic book shop, if they have any games that happen and they showed me their board of like a whole bunch of plastered on like pieces of paper, like looking for game and looking for players and stuff. 
Um, ended up joining one, had a lot of fun. Um, I did the, the classic starter character of a tabaxi rogue. <laughs> I feel like that's like a lot of people I hear end up starting like that. Yeah. Uh, ever since then, I've been really into it. And um, I tried to get some teammates to play in, at UNLV and we had probably about four or five sessions and they yeah. ended up loving it. Um, that was my uh, first time playing a DM and I was, it was crazy. Um, doesn't exactly go the way that you hope it to go ever, but it's, <laughs> ever, you, kind yeah. of, you kind of embrace the chaos of it. Um, right. And then took a long break from DMing. Um, had to end up leaving, uh, ended up leaving um, Vegas, obviously when I graduated. Sure. Um, and then had to hold off on, on playing for a little while uh, until I got to, when I got injured with Minnesota, um, when I, when I made the team, I got injured in the preseason. So I was home for several months, uh, and I ended up joining a group, um, got very lucky on the subreddit LFG looking for game. Um, hit or miss. Very, it's hit, very or miss. hit or miss. And I was one for one and I'm never going back. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> never going back. Um, cause the guys that I, that I ended up becoming friends with and playing, you know, weekly, uh, twice weekly games, um, were really good nice. guys and I'm still friends with them and still joining their games. That's awesome. What, what was, uh, what was attractive to, to you about the game? Was it, um, was there a particular aspect or was it just kind of getting to like live in a fantasy world? What, what was it, you know, the piqued your interest really? I, I think it's the creativity part of it. Um, I think inside me, there is some artistic bone that is just shriveled up from misuse. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's an opportunity for me to be able to actually, you know, use my creativity and rather than just like trying to foster it through video games and stuff like that, where sure. you know, it's obviously, you know, it obviously works to a certain extent, but it, there was a part of me that wanted to create. And that's yeah. where obviously making a, a, a character is, is a huge part of that and creating a backstory. And, um, I love creating big, like crazy backstories for my characters. Um, but then DMing I've, I'm DMing like two games now. Um, very like very, uh, non-normal schedule. Yeah. But uh, not a regular schedule or anything, but um, it's I did not think I'd be able to do it because having two stories, separate stories in my head just feel, felt like too it's much a lot to, to me. keep track. Yeah, of, it's right? a lot to keep track of. So um, but it's, I'm actually kind of doing OK at it, which surprised me. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think you've tweeted about some of it. Do you play with uh, some some of your teammates? Yeah, I play with a couple of my teammates. I'm not going to name them sure, because sure. <laughs> just like I've said it on Twitter. Like I, I, I chose this life for myself. I didn't choose it for them, but <laughs> right, I did right. reach out to a couple of people like during early on in the season and say like, Hey, is this, you know, you're into anime, you're into video games, you're into blah, 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 with a whole bunch of different things. Like, right. is this something that you might want to do? Um, and, uh, they said that they're at every, pretty much everybody I asked. Um, I, I yeah. asked carefully, obviously, <laughs> sure. but, um, I, everybody asked, seemed into it and they wanted to play. And, um, now we now have a, have a small group that we play, um, very irregularly on and we're going to start doing some, I think, uh, virtual soon. That That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, especially, uh, like, like you said, it takes a, it takes a lot, not just to, you know, go up to random people at a comic book shop or whatever and be like, Hey, can I play? Mm-hmm. But then from there to be like, Hey, I'll DM. And then from mm-hmm. there to go, you know, you to know, coworkers. To teammates or coworkers <laughs> be like, hi, we have to work together. Um, would you like to hear my elf voice? Exactly. Right? Like, like it's a big step. <laughs> it's a huge step. And, um, these, these guys have done a really great job of, um, really buying into their character. I did not know how it was going to go, but they're, they're loving it. They're role playing. They're, um, they're not making fun of me too much for my character voices and stuff. <laughs> so yeah, it's been, been great. 
That's cool. Um, be, because, and we meant, I talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but I think there very much is, and it's going down, it's going away, especially with, um, you know, people like Joe Manganiello and, and, you know, quote unquote, like jocks, you know, who mm-hmm. are very out and open about like, like playing games. Um, but there, I think there is still is very much kind of that like mindset, maybe on both sides of like, like nerdy geeky things, you know, belong to one type of people and like sports things belong to another type of people. Um, but especially it's funny you mentioned anime. I'm, I'm not super into anime, but mm-hmm. it feels like either. more yeah. and more, like I see a lot of athletes who are very, like very much into anime. Mm-hmm. Um, and so half, it, I feel like half the touchdown celebrations are like Dragon Ball Z or something like right. that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, like, so, so it's cool that we're kind of seeing, you know, a, a more wide acceptance, I think of, you know, people just saying, Hey, if you're passionate about something, that's totally cool. Come be passionate about it with me, you know? Yeah. I think the, another thing that I've noticed is that the anime archetypes definitely go into D and D very easily. So a lot of yeah. people's first characters end up being that like in my group, there are not only players, but also some friends and like roommates and girlfriends and stuff like that who joined the, who joined the game. And, um, one character, one player said like, I'm actually basing this off of an anime character that I like. I'm like, Oh, it's awesome. Um, I, I know that I, the thing is, I know that I'd be into anime if I really committed myself to it. Sure. But the world is just so big and there's so much content to get into, right, to get into right. already. Um, that it's just like, uh, maybe, in, maybe sometime in the future. Yeah. Your friend will be like, oh yeah, I love, uh, I love the show. And you're like, cool. Where do I start? They're like, well, there are 43 seasons <laughs> Yeah, exactly. and each season is 102 episodes and they're all in Japanese. So it's yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you mentioned, you mentioned obviously, uh, being into comic books and Wednesday was like, you know, obviously you're picking up your, your, mm-hmm. uh, your, your new books. What, uh, what were you reading then? Like what were kind of your go-to, your go-to stories? Uh, I started off like everybody with just straight superhero comics. Um, right. and that's still what I, even at the end, that's, that's, uh, what I would always get. And at the end, not I'm, I'm still into it for sure. Uh, I just don't go normally to the, to the comic shop on a yeah. weekly schedule. Um, but I started off obviously with Batman. I was more of a DC guy than, than anything else. Um, okay. But obviously, I love Marvel stuff too. Just the comic books themselves. I like DC characters. Aquaman yeah. was always my favorite. Um, Dude, same. Yes. I, <laughs> I like. It, I, I didn't between. know early on that it wasn't cool to like Aquaman. Yeah. I was like, oh, this dude can swim. He's strong. He talks to fish. Who doesn't like that? Like, I know exactly. Eventually, so, gets a harpoon hand. Like, <laughs> I, I loved. I loved Aquaman. Can't yeah. not love Batman. Um, and I kind of just tested out all the waters for all the DC stuff. Um, and uh, then I started getting into more indie stuff. Um, I think the mm-hmm. one that really stands out, um, obviously I read Saga like everybody else. Sure. Um, but The Wicked and the Divine, I really loved. Um, but the one that I, I just, I, I couldn't get enough of was Sex Criminals by, um, oh man, I'm, I can remember Z- uh, Chip Zdarsky's name, but um, I can't remember. Matt Fraction. Uh, Fraction, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. That's the one that I, I cannot love more. It's just a, such a crazy story. And it's weird when he, you tell, like when somebody asks you, he's like, hey, what comic are you reading? Like, I know that you're into comics. I'm like, oh, it's called Sex Criminals. It's not what you think. It's not what you right. think. <laughs> but I loved it. It's, um, I, I know that it's ending soon, but um, I'm, I'm excited to be able to reread all of it. And yeah. It's it's kind of one of those that has like been on my list and then like I, I always I basically have an ongoing list of hey you need to go read mm-hmm. um you know read these publications and then I just don't I get busy so it, it's there's, on there's, there but so I will take a lot. Yeah. I'll take your recommendation as a as an encouragement to go ahead and and go finally do it um yeah. if, if anything read the one. first the first volume of the uh, of the um 
the graphic novel. It's honestly, it's even if you just read that, it's perfect. Yeah, I'm pulling up the page right now. Is it being made <laughs> into a TV show? Do I remember hearing? I that? think so. I don't know what kind of you know. I feel like everything says right. Every everything's made an option for a TV yes, show these exactly. days. Yeah. So I hope yeah, it does. That was, so I think it'd be good. Yeah, it'd be very cool. Um, did you ever read The Boys at all? No, the the one that's the uh, the Amazon show. The Amazon show, yeah, yeah, and I. I, I, I know that I would enjoy the anime, the Amazon show. Um, yeah, but the comic was fine. The show is really good. I would encourage you to watch the show. I, I, yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to get to it at some point. I just know how dark of a big picture it paints. And it's just like, Oh, there's only so much. Yeah. There's sure. only so much of that I can handle. <laughs> that's totally fair. Yeah. So on, on any given week, like, like as a, as a football player, like what does your, what does your schedule look like? Mm-hmm. Like how much free time do you actually have to, to play games, to, you know, read comics, like, or is it pretty regimented? Yeah. I mean, there's the schedule is definitely very, um, set, you know, you, you get a little bit of time to be able to, at the end of the day, to be able to do what you want. Um, but usually we're done around five or six o'clock. Um, you know, with COVID our schedules had to change a lot, sure. but, um, on a normal day on a normal year, we're done about five o'clock, but we're getting there around around like seven o'clock or six o'clock in the morning. Um, and we have our off days more than, um, uh, you know, our Monday is to watch the game film, watch the game film, work right. out, and then you're kind of done for the day. You got to get most of Monday off. Tuesday, you get the whole day off. Uh, that's oftentimes where guys will um, do their charity work um, or, you know, get errands done and stuff like that. Sure. Um, Wednesday and Thursday are the big days, uh, including Friday, but Friday is a little bit, usually a little bit shorter of a day. But uh, Wednesday and Thursday and Friday are big prep days. That's where you're practicing hard. Um, and then Saturday is you're trying to uh, take all the work off of your legs. You're trying to, we, all you do is a walkthrough. Um, you have some meetings and stuff. And then you end up at the team hotel, whether it's a home game or an away game. Um, so uh, you end up at the team hotel, obviously Sunday's game day, um, and then starts all over. So in terms of where the, uh, the, games can actually happen it's usually yeah. either monday tuesday night for me yeah um because monday night you don't have to get up early and the next day um we have to test in the morning but on a normal normal year we don't have to get up early uh and then tuesday you kind of have a little bit more time to be able to do with it what you want yeah on, on one hand you know that's a that's a tight schedule on the other hand it, it must be nice to have or i would think it would be nice to have something that regimented where you know this is what my time is going to be. You know, I don't even have to think about it. Like, and this is where I'll fit everything else. Yeah. And to be honest, you do get enough time off to be able to do the things that you want to do. Um, sure. You know, you do have that, like it comes on Tuesday, but you do have that like <laughs> Tuesday night dread and like Sunday night dread yeah. instead of, you know, yeah. uh, for like when Wednesday's practice is coming, but you know, that's just like any other job. Right. Kind of off the wall question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious, and this goes back to kind of the sport fan in me. Did your diet have to change a lot when you moved from quarterback to fullback? Because, and, and I ask this because for people for people who are not super familiar with football, like maintaining your like like your playing weight, especially um, and your your skill position, but like especially like alignment or something, mm-hmm. or, or even a skill. So like when Gronk retired, right? Like he just shed weight because yeah. he was no longer like packing calories. Like was that a, was that a shift you had to make, or did you kind of more or less get to maintain your? Yeah, the your diet is weight? definitely something that is kind of always in the back of your mind of something that you have to like keep track of. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely weigh more than I did at quarterback, but I was always a pretty heavy quarterback. I, I, I played right around 240 to 250, um, okay. which in terms of like quarterback weight, that's pretty heavy. I was, but I was right. always a downhill runner. Um, sure. 
So I'm not really, you know, I, I my quarterback uh, archetype isn't really used too much in the NFL. Um, yeah. Where, you know, I'm maybe the second leading rusher of the starters, you know. Um, so I, I was, I had to gain a little bit of weight, but it mainly came in getting to focus more in the weight room and um, getting to, you know, not have to worry as much about putting on weight because when you're weighing 260 as a quarterback, they're like, Oh my gosh, like you must be like just sitting in the pocket like, you know, not, right. not moving at all. Um, yeah. but 260 as a fullback is, you know, it's, it's a, I'm definitely on the bigger side uh, of, yeah. of fullbacks, but, um, I'm able to, you know, use that weight to my advantage and still stay fast. And, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying about like the convergence of like, like nerdy things in sports and what I, I think maybe people who are not as familiar with sports, like don't realize is that like, um, athletes, especially at like, you know, the collegiate and pro level aren't just like, you know, hitting the weight room all the time just cause they're like meatheads who want to mm-hmm. get really shred. I mean, I'm sure the guys like that exist, but like, it's so scientific about like, what is the ideal weight for this position? What is going to allow you to be the most explosive? What's going to, you know, Absolutely. give you the kind of impact on your body you need. Here's what you eat. Here's what you exercise. Mm-hmm. Here's when you do it to reach like, like it's, you know, you talk about min maxing, right. In D and D like that, that's what you're absolutely doing at like that high level of Absolutely. sports, right? Yeah. You can definitely tell like a five pound difference is, is huge wow. in terms of, um, how, like you, you can notice it on the field. It's like, oh man, I feel a little slow. Like you check your, check your weight, you know, in the weight room, you're like, oh man, I guess I like gained a little, a couple, a little bit of weight. Um, I make sure that I can change something in my, in my diet to be able to, do, to fix that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that you notice because at this point your, your body is, has become so obviously everybody's body is familiar to them, but you know, we use it as on the football field, we, you know, it's kind of a cliche, but we, we use it as a weapon. We use it to right. hit things and, and, and try to run past people and stuff. So, um, you know, that kind of fine tuning definitely does make a sure. difference. So when we talk about, when we talk about games again, um, you mentioned kind of your first player being that like tabaxi mm-hmm. rogue or whatever. What, uh, what kind of players do you, what, what kind of, uh, archetypes or, or classes do you enjoy playing? What, cause, cause I know a lot of people have the thing that appeals to them. Mm-hmm. I, um, have absolutely no interest. And I've talked about this openly in ever playing a paladin. Like there's just something about paladins. I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to be anti smite anti smite. Um, but I love playing monks. I love playing versatile fast characters. Mm-hmm. So, so do you have kind of a, a character that you enjoy playing or a kind of NPC that you like making when you DM? There is a. Um, I think that I'm before I ever double up on a class, I want to play every single class. Um, Mm, yeah, the one that seems like the least, uh, interesting to me is the sorcerer for whatever reason. I don't know why, but the sorcerer just doesn't feel, I know. And I, sorcerers are super cool, but I I just, I can't think of a very cool character concept in my own head that, that That involves a sorcerer. Um, I'm going to do my best to play like a, you know, a multi-session character in every class before I ever double up. But yeah. the ones that I have played, um, I haven't played in that many campaigns, but after I played the, the rogue tabaxi, um, I made this big, um, backstory and cool character concept for a minotaur, uh, Hexblade warlock. Um, mm-hmm. and it was just very, I, I love that character. My easiest accent that I can do is a Texas accent. So I decided to make, give him like a Texan accent. Yeah. Um, so he ended up dying like several sessions in the campaign. It was like 30 sessions. Maybe he was a cool character. Um, gave him like, it's just like traumatic backstory and stuff like every warlock. Of course. Has. Yeah. Um, and my next character was a, a Loxodon cleric. Um, 
and it was a, an order cleric um, who followed Asmodeus. But okay. it was a secret because obviously desert devil worship is not exactly you know, yeah. kosher. Um, and he was also a loxodon, so like you know the age is like really long. But he's supposed to be a child. He's supposed to be like the equivalent of like a, a ten year old in okay. years. Yeah. Um, which is tough when you say like, oh, he's 20 years old <laughs> because like loxodons are like 40 years, something like that when they right, reach adult, right. adulthood. So I said that he's like, oh, he's like 16, uh, like still very young for, for loxodons. And um, it was, it was very fun to be able to play, especially I, mean, I had never tried to keep a secret from a D&D party for so long. And then in a session like 18 or 15 or something like that, I ended up revealing that, oh, like this, you know, this God that I follow is actually the devil. <laughs> Uh, and it had a cool reason for yeah, our, yeah. our DM Brandon. He, Brandon's an awesome DM. He actually just just finished this campaign with with my old with my old uh, group um, this last week. That I, I wish I could have joined, but it was um, just the time time differences too, too sure, much. Sure, sure. Um, and uh, I moved on from him. He actually never died or anything, but uh, he had to. The, the story uh, caused him to have to go home to to his own island to be able to figure out problems. And after that, I ended up making kind of a classic half-elf bard. But I made him a, uh, I gave him a, a southern accent. I, I tried to differentiate it enough from the Texas accent. I kind of made yeah. him like this uh, southern gentleman type of character who yeah, yeah. was a, I gave him the gambler background because I think that had just, um, was uh, like unofficial content. Yeah. Um, and I made him a politician. So that was really fun to play kind of this nice. older overweight kind of character that was just like yeah. completely like you would not think of him as like an adventure, but it was, yeah. um, it was really cool. It was, it was fun to be able to play. Um, yeah, I played, I played yeah. in a, a charity game one shot recently. I played a satyr bard that was like a, a very like a foghorn leghorn. Nice. He was a lawyer. I so love that very like, I do declare like, <laughs> like those kind of things. So yep. that was, that's exactly I, what I like I those fun for. off the wall concepts. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've made a character since then. I haven't joined any campaigns. Obviously, I've made the one-shot characters that are fun for for one session, but you, right? You know, tough to do a, a big gravelly voice for more than one session. <laughs> right? Yeah, you got you. You have limitations. Yeah. Um, well, let's take a real quick second here. I want to give a shout out to another one of my sponsors who uh, helps make this show happen. Um, big thank you to the guys at Smuggler's Coffee. Dave over there is roasting up uh, just delicious coffee beans in Chicago in the Barrel Room. Um, he barrel ages a lot of this coffee. So he's getting these old whiskey and bourbon and That's rum cool. barrels and dumping these beans in there and, and they're soaking up just all that goodness. Then he throws them in this massive roaster and then he sends them to us and we get to drink it. So, um, Jealous. he's super great. He's been on the show before <laughs> and a big supporter of roll for persuasion. So we appreciate him. So you guys can go check out his coffee at store.smugglerscoffee.com. If you like nerdy coffee, it's a place to go. If you like good coffee, it's the place to go. The two are not mutually exclusive. You can enjoy them both together. So definitely check them out store.smugglerscoffee.com. Thank you to them for supporting the show. I'm definitely going to check them out. Dude, go for it. Go <laughs> for it. They're, they're awesome. I've got bags in my, well, I always have bags because I drink a lot of coffee. Um, you mentioned before we started recording that, uh, that you listen or, you know, that you kind of stay up to date on some different like D and D shows or podcasts. Like what are you into right now? What are you, what are you listening to or watching? Uh, what kind of media are you checking out? So like many D and D fans, my first intro into D and D like entertainment and content was the adventure zone. I'm a huge mm -hmm. McElroy brother fan because of it. Um, and, uh, which by the way, McElroy brothers, if you're listening, you're not, but if you are, uh, <laughs> tell your PR person, email me back because you're welcome to come on the show. Uh, continue. <laughs> and I hope they do. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, 
it's been said before, it's like the perfect story balances. And, um, you know, I've, I've listened on and off since then, but you know, it doesn't get better than balance. Um, from there, I joined everybody else and started watching critical role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I joined in pretty much at the same, at the start of campaign two. Um, okay. so I think I caught up at like, um, maybe session six or something like that. Five or six is when I joined the train um, watched for several sessions before realizing like, Oh, like everybody's talking about this campaign one. I should probably watch it. Um, and I listened to it at one and a half speed to be able to get through all of it in, in a, that's a trick at, yeah. a, at an ungodly, you know, uh, amount of time. Um, and obviously it's amazing. Keep up to date every Thursday. Um, and, and then I joined, I think the only other one that I listened to, um, is dungeons daddies. So yep. all those, all those guys from that group, uh, I love it. I'm a big fan. I'm a Patreon supporter of them. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I do listen to our mutual friend, Travis Reeves, um, uh, 20 sided stories. Um, yeah, that's the most recent one that I've joined and I'm kind of going through there. Not exactly D and D, but all, all kinds of role playing and yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of it now. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of them. Uh, Sage does basically, well, right now they're doing these, like every episode is like a a new mini system that he's Mm -hmm. done, like in a different setting. So, um, you know, if you enjoy, and y'all have heard him on the show before, if you've been listening for a while, but if you enjoy that kind of a total improv, super entertaining, um, definitely check him out. 20 size stories is super cool Mm -hmm. as well as everyone else you mentioned, but (laughs) I am a a big 20 size stories fan. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so cool to see the advent of like, Enter D and D is entertainment or tabletop is entertainment because it's not yeah. just D and D. Um, I call it like real going, play now or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like going from a time where like, I don't know. I don't know. There was, there was like, I'm trying to think of like what there was before critical role or the adventure zone. And I guess there wasn't really, I mean, there were things, but there wasn't like mainstream widespread. You couldn't walk into target and buy like a D and D comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can now cause you can go get critical roles there. Like, <laughs> Uh, which, and because of that, the whole like rising tide raises all ships, there's more opportunities for more people to go and make content and, and, you know, kind of get to do this as a fun hobby or a business. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a pretty cool time to be into the game. And it seems like everybody who is big doesn't that like that fact doesn't seem lost on them. Like it, it, the community just seems like it's so cool that they're so supportive. And obviously there are bad things that happen in the community. Like I think any of those shows, they have, uh, you know, a tough you know, some of the fandom is, is toxic just as any other fandom. Um, sure. But, uh, we were but, talking about anime earlier. They, they, exactly. there's all sorts of toxic <laughs> fandom. In anime. It's just, it's, it's everywhere. Um, but it just seems like such a strong majority are just sure. so uh, supportive and, um, get very excited when they meet somebody else with, with the same, with the same interests. Yeah, it, it'll be, I think it'll be really interesting whenever it's safe to have conventions again. Mm. Um, because I think even just in the past year and, and maybe because of the past year and everyone having to be at home and everyone being like, well, I guess we'll play a game here. Um, I feel like a lot of community relationships have been built and a lot of cool new programs. People have been discovering more things. And so I feel like whenever people are able to gather in our nerdy cohorts again, um, there'll be so much, Oh, you listen to this. Why well, mm-hmm. never listen to this? Like, look who's here. Check out it. Like, it will have gone from being just kind of the big names to an even bigger spread yeah. of cool personalities. So it should be, it should be pretty cool. And coming from Southern California where a lot of these, you know, shows are based out of and a lot of sure. these, uh, you know, so much of the community is in show business or, you know, basically they're, they're Southern California people. So I've become actually friends with people who I, I never would have thought like are, you know, I'm not even in the actual 
tabletop industry. I'm just a fan. I'm just somebody who, yeah. who plays, plays the games and I play sports. <laughs> so, um, but being able to become friends with people like TJ storm or Sat- uh, Satine Phoenix, um, yeah. is, yeah. you know, I, I've, obviously somebody from, you know, like Houston, like you, it's, it's a little bit tougher for, so I've, I definitely recognize right. that, like that privilege in, in myself and think that it's like, oh, like I wish that everybody got to meet like amazing people like them. Yeah. Um, I, before, before COVID, my old company was based out of LA. So yeah. I was flying to LA once a month for work. Uh, and, um, and it was right as things were kind of like picking up for the show before COVID hit, like, um, I got to go tour CR studios and you know, hang out with some of the people over there. And I was starting to, you know, meet people in the industry. And like, I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. Once a month when I'm in LA, it's, it's all going to be like D and D industry stuff. And then no, everything shut uh-huh. down. Uh, so that was a bummer, but, um, but you're right. I mean, it's such a creative community out there, uh, on the West coast. And so it's super cool to, to, you know, kind of get to meet those people and, and, um, network with, with awesome creative folk Absolutely. for sure. Do you think, uh, do you think you, would you ever like to play in a stream game or, or put something like that out publicly? I did get to play in one stream game. Um, it was Gilding Light, uh, Satine Phoenix's oh, yeah. company. Um, and she got to, um, she let me join a game uh, that during this kind of streaming period. And I was very, you know, thankful to be able to play like, with super cool people in that, in that yeah. game. It was just four sessions, but man, I want to be able to do it more. I just have to get a better setup than my own computer, like, you know, my, my MacBook Pro's camera and this, you know, you can see people listening can't see, but like I'm wearing this like $20 headset that I got from Target. So, um, I'd have to, I definitely would want to make more of a investment in before I, uh, actually start streaming. Um, because it's tougher to do it off of an eight year old laptop. Um, so very true. Yeah. At some point, your fans start going so loud. You think it's going to take off and just start floating yeah. like a drone or something? Yeah, it's it's tougher to get like your own home desktop too when you don't know where you're, where you're living, right? Because <laughs> yeah. you know, last year I didn't have a job. I was living at home. I I wasn't with a team until right late, very late in the year. Um, and then yeah. you know, this year I was living at home because of COVID and stuff like that. We d- I didn't get to come to Cleveland. So it's uh, once I have my own space in my own long-term living place i'll be able to uh set up a my own space to be able to maybe start streaming sometime yeah i'm, I'm looking up uh, i was googling your gilding light game we'll drop a uh, we'll drop a link to it on their twitch in the um in the show notes so if you oh, guys you know go what? Check i played out. a i played a warlock in that game so I, i've already hey, doubled up <laughs> there you go <laughs> see <laughs> well, well we'll put a link in case anybody wants to check it out uh, it's on the gilding light twitch channel um yeah, and you definitely got to play with some cool people. Very cool. Yeah, Satine was on the show, I don't know, a few months ago, but uh, she's super cool. Mm-hmm. Just great, great people. Very cool, man. So so the rest of the week, like you said, I, we're talking right now on a Tuesday, so it's kind of like like your slow day, but I guess especially if, if you are going to be on the active squad, things kind of ramp up for you the rest of the week, huh? Yeah, um, definitely going to be in my playbook this week. Definitely going to be watching a lot of film. Um, but, you know, I've been preparing, you know, this whole time to be able to, to pick up and... Right. Uh, you know, I'm just going to try to keep a routine, try to keep my, uh, anxiety down, but I'm excited. I know I'm ready for it. So, you know, hopefully you guys get to see me on Sunday. Yeah. Well, f- fingers crossed, knocked on wood, knock on wood. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely, um, I, I think what we should do is one of these days I've been playing in a lot more charity games. So I think one of these days when, uh, when you get a computer that's six years old instead of <laughs> nine years old, uh, we should definitely, we'll stream a game or something. We'll do a, we'll do a one shot or something. I'd love It'll it. Be fun. I'd love it. Awesome, dude. Well, for those of you who don't know, and I hope you do, uh, this show has a Patreon. Would it surprise you to know that a podcast has a Patreon? Well, we do. 
uh, patreon.com slash roll for persuasion. If you support the show show there, um, you get all sorts of cool perks. One of which is that you get access to the zone of truth segment, which I do after the outro music with each and every guest where we chat for 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it might be about something that that guest is super into. That isn't D and D we've talked about movies. We've talked about dog breeding. We've talked about uh, soccer. I mean, really whatever it might be. So, um, Johnny, is there, is there something that you do for fun outside of football and D and D that you really enjoy or that you really into? I thought, I thought D and D was my like extra thing that I'm into. <laughs> like my was quirky thing. thing. And, yeah. And maybe, maybe it's just D and D. Well, do you still play a lot of video games? No, I do. I, I, I have other interests. Um, you do. <laughs> I do play, I play video games. I read a little bit. Um, I just picked up Tasha's. I'm more today. than just football and dice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean that, that definitely, um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of stuff. I'm big into to TV movies. Um, it's tough, you know, when you're leaving, living in Cleveland alone, there's, you know, it's a lot of reading, a lot of watching TV. Sure. So, yeah. Sure. So, so I, I think our subject for this, for this segment is just going to be, uh, Everything. what does Johnny do living alone in Cleveland? <laughs> yeah. It's, I feel, <laughs> I feel defensive. <laughs> well, no, no, you're good. That, that's exactly, that's perfect. That's what we'll chat about. The whole point of that segment is just, uh, you know, laid back. It's unedited. It just, whatever happens, happens. Um, so if you're interested in getting access, not just to Johnny's episode, but to all of our past guests, you can go to patreon.com slash roll for persuasion to support the show there. You get your special podcast link and you can access all the back episodes along with a uh, cool additional stuff of basically, if I think of something cool, I do it. We did a one year anniversary live stream for the show uh, a couple weeks ago because it's been one year of roll for persuasion and my Patreon supporters got to come hang out on stream with all of my, uh, my past guests. That's awesome. So those are the kind of cool things that we do. And uh, I assume we're going to have a two year birthday party and we'll invite Johnny to that. And if you support the show, maybe you will be there too. Patreon.com slash roll for persuasion. But that's about it. I want to say thank you so much, Johnny, for, for coming and joining on the show. Thank you. Um, it was it was great to chat and, and we'll definitely have to stay in touch. Looking forward to talking a bit more uh, for that Patreon segment. Um, if people want to, you know, check out what you're doing or or follow you, uh, you know, hopefully they get to follow you on game day. That'll be great. Yeah. But if they want to check you out online, uh, where can they find you? Uh, I am Johnny Stanton, I-V, J-O-H-N-N-Y, S-T-A-N-T-O-N, I-V, the fourth, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and if you see me playing on Sundays, I'm number 43 for the Cleveland Browns. There we go. Hopefully smashing a hole, uh, you know, up through the gap and getting a touchdown right. for whoever's running behind yep, you. Yep, Nick or Kareem. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Either or. Uh, hopefully Nick, because he's on my fantasy There you team. go. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but so guys, definitely check Johnny out. And like I said, we'll also drop the link to his, uh, the, the four shot. I think he said that you did with gilding light. Yep. We'll put that in the show notes as well. So you can check that out. And that has been it for the show. If you want to check us out, remember that you can subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, whatever your podcast app of choice is. Um, if you own an Apple device, or you know, somebody with an Apple device, go take that, go on Apple podcasts and uh, subscribe to them. Leave a review in their name, and I'm sure they will appreciate it. That's really the best Christmas gift you can give anyone is a review for my show. So, so go check that out. That helps me a lot. Um, if you want to follow us at Roll Persuasion on Twitter and Instagram, you can go to rollforpersuasion.com, buy some swag, shoot me an email, do whatever you want, and of course, patreon.com slash rollforpersuasion. But until next time, guys, have fun and enjoy your games. Enjoy your games.